It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The best more we've had in a long time. That was great. That was great. By the way, speaking of Browns wide receivers, Go ahead, Tyvis. No, I just had to yeah. give. I had to get him out of shell. You know, I had to. Throw oh, some, you brought him out. You I did. Had, you got so him out. you great content. You up. was through the, through the bait. You he, you was channeling your Jay Jay Crawford. Yeah. Is that what, what you doing? <laughs> I've been watching Jay for a while. <laughs> Is that what you been doing? Yeah. Throw it out. Throw it out there. And hey, see what they do. Don't take that, bull. Don't take that. <laughs> I take that. You say something. Go ahead. What about the Browns? <laughs> oh. About the Browns? No, I'm good. <laughs> Jada got it. Look, it's just it threw him all the way off. Where is he? Yeah. No, about the man. Browns. Right now. <laughs> I mentioned this before the show. Somebody had tweeted. I don't know who tweeted this. I don't remember. But somebody was, like, making the point that, man, if the Browns had drafted Amon Ross St. Brown instead of Anthony Schwartz last year, <laughs> Amon Ross St. Brown was taken a round later than Anthony Schwartz. And, and this – and not – I should – it's not just to kill the Browns. Every team blew it. Right. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown right now is like a top 25 wide receiver, and he was drafted in the fourth round. He should have been a first-round pick, second-round pick at the worst. Uh, but, you know, it's the little things like that. And he's not a burner necessarily, but – He get vertical. He get you know, over. He get over on the, you, the top. The, you know, it's funny. I've defended the Browns wide receiving core, and Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones are good players. They should be starters. They're good players. But I do think – guys that um, that as bad as the defense has been and as much as it needs to be addressed, I do think if you're going to – you traded for Deshaun Watson because like you want to have a dynamic no, offense. I like where no, you're going. going. Don't do this. with other teams. I like where you're going No, because you know I'm a defensive guy. Don't say and that. I Set think, it up. I think and – now, they may not be able to do it because it I don't know who you're getting with a second-round pick. And I don't know who you're getting via trade or whatever free agency. I don't know if there's that guy. Uh, free agency, I think the best wide receiver is Juju Smith-Schuster, who's not. You know, he's okay, but he's not great. I, I always thought that offense sell tickets and defense wins championship. Now, all, all of the, it all last the year. last the eight teams that have gone oh, to the Super Bowl the, the last year, four, last four years, had dynamic passing offenses. Let me ask you a question. All eight of them. And and the Rams had a dynamic defense. Too. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you. This Aaron is this Donald. is hard. And we're gonna bring in Didi in. I, I <laughs> just want to. I want to. They don't vote. win without. What happened? They don't win without Aaron Donald sacking, getting the Joe Burrow. However, <laughs> they have the same defense this year, no, they and don't. they suck because their quarterback can't play. It's people up and down. Aaron right. Donald's been out of the line. I will. I will. But they say were already that. sucking. Before and Jalen Ramsey's stealing money. What do you we mean? He is stealing money. We don't Finger guns. We, we care yeah. about is getting the receiver for the Browns. I think and it's the, the number one priority this offseason. And, DD, and the best him. trade chip that the Browns currently have is, Bring Nick, in a DD. is Nick Chubb. Oh, well, now I'm not going that far. Bring in a DD. We, I don't think he's <laughs> Believe it or not, I don't think, I, I'm not with you on that. I, I'm not even here with this. He's got a bridge too far. You're just digging the biggest possible hole ever. Stop talking. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's what they got. Totally in your camp. No, 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 no. Defense wins championships. Defense wins championships. Defense wins championships. No, defense that's, 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 a, that's a foul. Uh, listen. No, it's not. I, we, we didn't make the rules. We didn't make the rules. He's so right. Quarterbacks win championships, Adina. No, no, no. You, you know it. Yes, they do. Championships with defense. I need nope, some. I need some clout <laughs> since me and Maurice got into it. Now I'm glad somebody agrees with you me. You can't completely agree. Come no. on now, this is insane. That that's old school. It's not the case anymore. The quarterback is more important than the defense. Excuse me? No. <laughs> no I'm not even talking about. I'm not even talking about the Ravens in 2000. Just think a few years ago, the Super Bowl in Atlanta, right? The Ravens and their—I mean, sorry—the Rams and their high-flying offense come into Atlanta. And what do the Patriots do? Completely, totally, completely Tom shut Brady. them. <laughs> oh my okay. God. Not like he scored any points either. The Rams' quarterback was Jared Goff. No, 
that was all about defense. Come on now. Why have the Kansas City Chiefs ever fallen short? Because of the quality of their defense, which but hasn't they won a, been what is, But they've been now. the best team in football over the last three years, the Chiefs, and they won a Super Bowl. And one. Gotta have one. The they won the one. Well, they've been the best offense in the Super Bowl. If being the best offense was all that mattered, they would have won three. How many Super Bowl? First of all, he's only been playing for three years. They might win again this it year. It was the Bengals' defense. Listen, it was the Bengals' defense, not the Bengals' offense, that won the game in Kansas City that got them mm. to the Super Bowl. Ah, that's, you, of you, you tell them, Aditi. That's so, not completely so, true. That's not completely true. Look at him. Look. Aditi. Wait a second. She got him stuttering. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hold on. She got him stuttering. Bengals' defense played. It was Aaron Donald. P.S. By the way, it was Aaron Donald with a defensive play. That's what I said. It. And how, that's what I how said. Many, it, and how many games? And Aaron Donald hasn't won any championships <laughs> except when they had a great quarterback match that. That's it. Okay. That's his only title. When it come back with that rebuttal. That's it. That, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They went oh, they oh, oh, to oh. the Super Bowl with yes, golf. You need, with yes. But wait, hold on a second. This can't be your TV. Like us yelling at each other. Aditi, I'm going to yell at you. Hold on a second. I let you right in the Bengals. Stay right just on the yell at you. First of all, the Bengals defense played great in the second half in that Chiefs game. You are correct. However, they were down huge because their defense was crap in the first half, and they wouldn't have won the game unless both units played great in that second half. So the defense did play great, but so did the offense. They had to come back. Well, but of course, but... No, and of course, look, and it's so funny you say this because I literally just had this conversation with someone two days ago. The great Bill Arnsparger, the late Bill Arnsparger, when I was a student at Cornell, he was coaching. And he, of course, was the architect of the no-name defense and the Miami Dolphins, all of that. Anyway, Bill Arnsparger, one of the first things that he ever taught me was don't let anybody denigrate special teams. That football really and truly is three phases. Offense, defense, special teams, every phase is vitally important. So what I'm saying to you is not that offense isn't important, not that the quarterback isn't important. Of course it is. But to act as if the offense has some sort of primacy over the defense, that it's more important to have a great offense than it is to have a great defense. No, 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 no. Because at the end of the game, the game is decided on who makes the defensive play. The reason that the Bills lost that insane game last year was not that their offense couldn't score, it's that their defense couldn't stop the Chiefs. You need a defense to win in January and February. Done. Amen. You can't get by on a high last, last thing that I want to like, Last thing that I want to let get Jason in. <laughs> you can't have a crap defense and win. I agree with you there. But I would take a great quarterback and a mediocre defense over a great defense and a mediocre quarterback any day of the week. 30 years ago, when you had, 20 years ago with the Ravens, when the game was different in the Giants, okay, it was different. Nowadays, with the rules all favoring the offense, the quarterback is more important, and the quarterback I can keep for 15 years. I can't keep a really – every year, okay. the, the best defense is different team because I can't keep a defense together because I need too many good players to keep a defense great year after year after year. But quarterback, I only need one guy. Like That's a very fair point. That's like a, Until you said that, I was sort of actively thinking, okay, like could I win with an offense that runs the ball, doesn't make mistakes, but a great defense and a game-changing player? I would argue that I could – but you're right if you're thinking long-term strategy and how am I building my team, then yeah, of course. A quarterback has way more longevity and has way more influence. But are you the Rams who are selling out for just one year in that one Super Bowl? Or are you thinking about building the foundation of a franchise that you hope sticks around for a period of time? Sticks around in the conversation. That is a very fair point, Adam. I'll give you that. Good rebuttal. Good answer. All right, Jason, go ahead. <laughs> I just want to know when we can see the next tag team match of Aditi and Maurice against Bull and Tyvis. I'd pay sixty dollars parking to see Aditi come off the top rope with a chair. That would be funny and whack one of you guys with it. That's all. Last that's all night I they bring, Jason brings this up, Aditi, because I took my took Aaron to wrestling last night. I had not gone to wrestling in over thirty years, and actually there was a tag team match where it was two men and one woman on each team. And at one point, this was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Whenever the wo the woman, one of the women would tag in, the other woman had to come in too. But 
at one point, and I know, you know, it's, you could say, obviously, it's it's fake. However, it's they not, are, say that on a, a nationally syndicated it's show. Not, like it's this. not no, fake. You know what I mean. Santa Claus is real and so is wrestling. It's not fake. It, they're great athletes. Sports not fake. Man. Not fake. Well, you know what I mean. Hello. They're great athletes. <laughs> at <laughs> one point, the one of the women in his tag team picked up one of the guys and body slammed him. And Edie, could you pick up Tyvis? Can you pick up Tyvis? I'm not going to ask you to pick up Ball. You can't pick me up. If he jumps and helps me out, <laughs> sure. But let me tell you, I am so much stronger than I thought I was after I survived that minus 15 wind chill on Saturday. I'll give you credit. I just, it's funny because Alvin Kamara and I were talking about this after the game. We don't ever need to do it again, but we suddenly feel a lot better about how tough we must be. Yeah. <laughs> that we survived that outing. I Aditi, will say that. I have had my son there. We were in the club seats, and I was telling these guys, first quarter, I'm like, that's ain't bad. We're all right. By the fourth quarter, I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't see color. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. And I'm looking at my 12 year old, like, hey, you ready to go? He's like, no, I'm good, man. He's like, are you serious? And that last drive, I told them, if the Browns scored and would have kicked a field goal to send it to overtime, <laughs> I was going to go down to the, an extra point. I was going to go down the field and fire Kevin myself. <laughs> Do the humane thing, go for two, and end this one way or the other. Get me I in the car. No kidding, Jason. I'm on the sideline standing next to Doug Miller. So the way that it works for a sideline reporter, right at the end of the game, you get this post-game interview. And I'd been on the Brown sideline. I'd gone over to the Saints sideline when it looked like it was going that way. I talked to the head of PR for the Saints, Doug Miller, who, God bless him, had asked my producer the night before. He goes, you're not putting the sideline reporter on the sideline, are you? Because she will die. <laughs> he was concerned about me. But my old buddy. Peter John Baptiste, who runs PR for the Browns, was like, oh, it's not that bad. You'll be fine. That's obnoxious. <laughs> mm. So I'm standing next to Doug Miller. The Browns are driving. I've already arranged with Doug Miller that if the Saints win, I'll talk to Alvin Kamara. This is what we're going to do. This is the camera. All of a sudden, it looks like the Browns are driving. And I go to Doug and I say, if they score, I'm really sorry, but he better go for two. Right. <laughs> 100% yes. Yes. There was I, no way that I was lasting any longer. Well, by the way, Alex Van Pelt today said he would have gone for two. Well, Good. Oh, well, Didi, I got a question about that because if they are going for two, there are some speculation that uh, you're who, – who's he? De Podesta. Uh, <laughs> he would have called that from the booth. You are – is Deep Podesta really pulling the strings? I got to get the inside information. No. Like, I, so I just want to, I need you to corroborate like, the story and shoot it down. Uh, Do you not remember Brown's getting in trouble for Ray Farmer calling down to the sideline? Like, that's, seriously? That's why they be yeah. asking. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, come on. Paul's not on a headset during the game. If that's out there, that's ridiculous. (laughs) When I was on the other side, and Mike Tomlin would sit here and say, I'm not giving you your pound of flesh. I'm not giving you your pint of blood. I'm not even answering that. I'm going to start doing that, guys. Like, when people ask me things that I just think is so good. The brethren brought brought the reason in G's defense. Your people brought this up. It uh, wasn't me. It was you guys. people? What people? What people? Tony Grossi. No, no. Tony Grossi brought that to the table. What's that? I said, who's saying that? Are there people inside that building? So Tony Grossi. Named people? Tony Grossi, who I don't take him seriously personally, but he wrote, apparently wrote some article behind a paywall, which I obviously will not pay to read, but other people tweeted it out, where he basically said the Browns uh, coaches are totally run by Paul D. Podesta and that Kevin Stefanski has to throw a lot or he's going to get fired, which makes no sense there it is. because they run more than most teams in football. There it is. Here, Paul D. Podesta has pretty much convinced owner Jimmy Haslam the only way to build a Super Bowl team is by consistently throwing for explosive plays, which is pretty much true, that part, by the way. 
And the way he writes that makes him, you know, he's just clueless. Stefanski's job is safe because he's completely adhering to Dean Podesta's advanced statistics or analytics. (laughs) He's scared of the word analytics like a lot of people here. Uh, models and not resisting them. Disagreeing with or rejecting Dean Podesta's research would be Stefanski's quickest uh, way out of town, which is beyond stupid, Aditi, because the Browns run more than most teams. Not my words, right? Tony Grossi's words. How silly are those, do those comments look in that article? I, I need to come up with something when I just don't even want to bother discussing something that yeah. is you, so... Oh, it's, it's out there. You know what you do? You say, Pass. <laughs> Pass. I pass. 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 I'm just here so I don't get fined. Dirty Derek Carr was done. Can we talk about that for a minute? He was. He was. It's our overtime segment. Well, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of smart though. No, because if he gets hurt, then they guarantee his contract next year. Okay, but you know what? Like, this is what the problem is, right? It's yeah. sort of, and it's funny because my crew this week includes James Lofton, who, of course, is in the Hall of Fame. And James Lofton sends me a text message last night when we we're talking about this. And he says, yeah. you know, there's this movie before your time. And I can't remember what the movie is called because obviously it was before my time. But he says it's these two football players sitting in a hot tub. And the line that they say is that when you say it's a business the owners say no it's a game and when you say it's a game the owners say no it's a business and i will tell you that earlier this year so last year going back to last year mm-hmm. Derek carr's brother david i covered when he was a new york giant and he was tremendous to me the backup quarterback is always an amazing person to talk to by the way because he has time and he'll explain things david carr one of the classiest people ever and then he was my colleague when i was at the nfl network and a year ago when it looked like what's going to happen with Derek Carr, I remember talking to David extensively and being like, he should come to Pittsburgh. And if he wants to like stay in my guest room while he visits Pittsburgh, my house is open. Like tell him to come to Pittsburgh. This is before Mitch Trubisky of Mentor Ohio and Kenny Pickett and all that. And David and I talked at the time and he had said, I really think that Derek is going to play for the Raiders or he'll just call it a career. And so I had Derek this season and I asked him, And Derek said that that's exactly how he felt, that the truth of the matter was that, you know, he respected and admired Kobe Bryant so much, who spent his entire career with one team, that Derek Carr himself felt like he'd see these guys that he thought he was better than winning playoff games. And it's something he's never done. But he felt it was such an important lesson to give to his children that he stuck with one team, that if the ship is going down, he's going down with the ship, that through all of the ups and the downs and the drama and the craziness and everything, he was loyal to that club, to that franchise, to that organization through all of it. And I'm telling you, when I came out of that, I just really felt so strongly about his sincerity and why it was so important to him to give his everything to the club that drafted him and took a chance on him. Yeah. I respect that. I respect that, too. But you know what? Just yeah. like that, they threw him out like the trash. We, and you know it's no... You, smart you know business it's, decision? Sure, it's a smart business decision. Have yeah. we all been on the end of something like that? Yes, every single Damn one right. of us yeah. has felt like we've given everything to an employer and then had to learn, you know what, they don't give two you-know-whats about they will never love us the way we love them we all have lived it it's awful to live it it still sucks from afar to watch it it just hurts there's no no loyalty in it man one of the classiest guys in the nfl could potentially be a distraction come on come on you don't think he wanted to go home at that point i mean i think it was one of those things where It's a mutual decision, mutually amicably agreed upon that no one's going to say anything negative about anybody else. And that's that. But Dita, you don't think think that's, you know, but it just, it it still makes me sad because there's still, yes, we all get it. We get it. Football is big business. We get it. Okay. Obviously it's big business, but isn't there a piece of you that still wants to believe in the idealism, the romanticism of, oh, you, Derek Jeter plays for one club his whole entire life, and he's the captain, and he means everything. Mm -hmm. And Eli Manning, even on the way out the door, there was only one club. You know, like, you still want to kind of feel that way, that it's not just let me go to the highest bidder or I'm a commodity. You want to feel like it means something more than that. Aditi. The game is the game, always. I'm going to just say this. 
Tom Brady was released by the by the Patriots after no, six, no, no, he was a free agent. Six Super Bowls, he and they, did, they didn't even they throw didn't him a contract. Yeah, but he wanted out too. He wanted, he wanted no, out. They, they, they ain't throw him nothing on the table. My boy, my boy Sherm got fired by the by the uh, by the uh, Seahawks. He talked about it all the time. I mean, no, it's true. This is the business. I haven't given up hope. That's what I'm saying, Tyvis. Like, yeah. yes, of course, you're telling the truth. Even Tom Brady's dad said that at some point it's going to end, and when it ends, it'll be ugly. And that's when he was still with the Patriots. Everybody knows it, but like, I still want to hope or dream or believe or aspire to it. You know, like I want to believe that Nick Chubb is Jim Brown, that he's never going to be with anybody else. And he will always and forever be a Cleveland Brown running back. And not that's if, that. Not if G Bush making the decisions. He Damn, get rid G of. Bush kick his ass <laughs> <out>. <laughs> said, I wanted to G get in the ball. Y'all didn't want to get him no more. So we might as well get something for him. G <laughs> said Jerome Ford is, is Jerome Ford time. The sad part is they couldn't even get that much for Nick Chubb in a trade as good as he is. Uh, it hurt my heart. Couldn't. Probably second. I wanted Nick Chubb to be at the wrestling title so bad. I did too, man. It, it bothered me too because I, I it was this this season was tailor made for, for him. The, to, I, I, for him in the defense, it was just tailor made for them to just shine. So Adi, let's confirm that Aditi has said that anything about the Podesta ruling the, the on the on field stuff <laughs> on the with record. an iron fist is absurd and right. shouldn't even be discussed. Is yeah, that right. right. It's absurd like that. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not. I, I'm not buying there. Or, Aditi, as, or as Ty said, as my buddy said, pass. Aditi, let's let's pass. talk about the. Now we know the Browns don't have a first round pick, so second round. Who do you think, after looking at this team, how this season has gone with Deshaun Watson being I'm gonna see this. healthy for next year? Do you get him a receiver, as there, in like a Jalen Hyatt, or do you go defensive and shore up that defense? Here second we go. round pick. She liked defense. I, Go ahead. You know what? I really, really, truly, and I. It's funny because when I was a young writer, I remember the first year I was covering the NFL, and everyone kept saying "best available player, best available player," and I was like, "What nonsense!" Like you clearly have holes. Come up now. But the truth of the matter is, is you never know who's going to be healthy a week or a day into training camp or midway through the season, and you never, you never know how much impact somebody could have. I'll, I'll go back to. That first year I covered the Giants, they had, I don't know how many pass rushers. I think they had O.C. Uminiora, Justin Tuck, Matthias Kiwanuka, and they took Jason Pierre-Paul. And you know what? All four of those pass rushers were were key in winning a Super Bowl the next year. And so it's sort of like you think this is a position you don't need, but you never know what you need, and you never know how you can use a player, and the best coaches are going to deploy the best players that they possibly have. So on the face of it, there are more defensive needs. You need more defensive depth. You definitely need some sort of defensive tackles. You need to be able to stop the run. You need to shore up that defensive front. But again, it's like, what does the market tell you? What's available? Who's there? Who knows? I mean, I, I still think it's so early. It's so early yeah. to sit here unless you have one of the top five picks. It's hard to sit here and identify and say, okay, this is absolutely what you need to go and get in the draft. Dina, there's a lot of anger and bitterness and resentment and hostility and toxicity. And you throw the word out and it fits with how people feel about the Browns right now. Gee, talking to you. Mm. With, I'm confused right now. With two weeks yeah. left, how – I mean, I guess you win the last two games is the easy answer, but how is there anything that can be done to sort of swing this and, and make fans feel good about this team? I, I have my own particular things that I think, but I'm curious what you think. Is there any way that to swing this and have a good feeling, a successful end to this season? What does that look like? D-Y, go I mean, I think that that's exactly it. I think it's two wins. I think it's going into the offseason on a high note. I think it's feeling like, okay, Deshaun Watson has gotten his legs under him, that he's gotten this team there, that you've got some players that can make some tough plays, that can, you know, make routine catches look routine. Do that, David Njoko. I'm looking at you, you know, like right. feel good and also feel sort of angry and motivated going into the off season, you know, it's, it's funny. It's a fine balance. Like if you lose, you want to sit here and say, okay, we fell short. We're going to work that much harder in the off season. But the truth is you want to feel like you're hopeful. Like you want to feel like, okay, we missed out on some chances and that drives us to continue to work because we're really not that far away. And so if you can go into the off season 
having won a couple games in a row, feeling good about what you've done. You're like, okay, well, a, some crazy things happened this past season, but we're all together now. This entire offense returns together. This is what we are working towards. We will all be together for the whole year. This is what we're doing. Like, let that drive us. And and I've mentioned this before on the air with you that I remember Kurt Warner saying that that was what sort of catapulted the Cardinals into the off season the year before they went to the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's the way that you end a season really, really does help inform what your off season is. And that off season, it is key. It does matter. Yeah. You know, you don't get to just show up week one and think, okay, now we're going to run the table and that's that. I think for the fans, Watson playing great means even more than winning these two games. Maybe for the team, the win matters more. But if I'm a, as a fan, if Deshaun Watson kicks ass against Washington and Pittsburgh, now if he does that, they'll probably win the games. But if he kicks ass, even if they lost to Washington, I know it would suck if they lost to Pittsburgh. But if he looks like a stud and throws for six to 700 yards in these two games, five, six touchdowns, just looks like an absolute superstar, yeah, that totally springboards the excitement. Sure, again. but you know what, Adam? Here, here's what I'd respond with. I don't think that – and I don't want to – I don't know how to say this without – I'm most definitely not being disrespectful to the people that pay our paychecks, right? Because it's fans that enable all of us to have the careers that we have. So, again, I'm not trying to show disrespect to the fans, but I think sometimes the people outside the locker room don't necessarily have the fully nuanced view sure. of what's being asked. And That's so fair. I look at the way that Deshaun played on Saturday – I thought he played incredibly well. I thought that the knock on him was that he hated cold weather, that he couldn't win in cold weather, that he wasn't tough enough to handle that, that this was not going to be where he was at his best. I thought Deshaun played a tremendous game. Did he have the numbers to show it? No. But could Amari Cooper have caught a totally catchable pass? Yeah. Could David Njoku have caught a totally catchable pass? Yeah. Could I keep going? Yeah. DPJ, go Those ahead and are say all it. reflections on the quarterback. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jason. No, I said go ahead. You, you missed DPJ, DPJ two yeah. weeks in a row. Yeah. I mean, and again, yeah. I think that Deshaun has played phenomenally well the past two weeks. I just don't know that the average fan sees that for what that is. It's the same way when, you know, a quarterback has high interception numbers and you blame the quarterback, but it's like, well, how many of those interceptions are actually on the receiver and how many are on the quarterback or how many were on the lineman that let didn't, you know, protect against a defensive lineman getting his hands up. There are so many other pieces to the puzzle that sometimes the average fan doesn't see. And I would say inside that building, there's a lot of excitement about the way that Deshaun is playing, the throws that Deshaun is making, the decisions that Deshaun is making, and who he is back there. I, I got a question. This is slightly off kilter. No surprise, surprise. Um, I like to look at uh, now New Year's is coming up. Where are you now compared to where were you a year prior? And what is something you want to do to change something about yourself moving into next year? Wow. Deep question. That's very deep. I thought Professionally it was about or the Browns. Either or. Yeah, yeah, I thought, is this about the Browns? Like, where no, are no, no, no. This about you. This about you. I think we got to all answer that question now. It's about you, Aditi. Oh, gosh. Stump. I'm limited in a lot of things I can say, so yeah. I have to figure out how to say this. I, um, I'm professionally in a very, very, very different place, as you all know. A year ago, I was working for the NFL Network, working a lot, working in the daily grind of daily coverage of the National Football League. <coughs> now I'm at CBS, where I get to be a part of game broadcasts, which is a completely, totally different entity. But I think the bigger piece here is that I am gee you're gonna make me start crying oh, I am too. way 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 more present in my children's lives and I don't mean physically present I mean emotionally conversationally I am not I know 
way less about the transactional nature of the National Football League right now. I know way more about everything else, about the way things actually happen behind the scenes, inside locker rooms, inside meeting rooms. But transactionally, is Carson Wentz starting or not? I'm later on that than I was a year ago. Because a year ago, no matter what I was doing, whether I was at my son's soccer game or I was allegedly playing Candyland or Barbies, (laughs) this was right next to me. Mm. It is not now. And um, I missed it. I I was on the radio yesterday and I missed that Carson Wentz was starting. But you know what? I played Barbies for an hour and a half with my daughter and had the best damn time (laughs) because they are at this absurdly fun age and I'll never get it back. And so, um, see, I said I didn't want to cry. I feel way, way better about that. And what do I hope I'm better at? in this coming year, I hope I worry less. I hope I think about the future less and I think about the present more. I hope I um, stop thinking about what's around the corner. I'm definitely much, much better at that right now, but I'm still not as good at it as I wish I would be. Why are you doing this to me, you people? Hey, that's that's great. It's a great perspective to have for people that you know, like you who work hard and, and, and you're jo- in these type of jobs, it, it can, even when you're home, I get it. You're sometimes not home in your mind. Right. Aditi, we appreciate you as always. We love you. Happy new year. And we'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you. Thank you all so much for having me guys. Happy, as happy, always. happy new year. Be safe. And I'll see you Tuesday. See you Tuesday. Happy new year, Aditi. Bye. Oh, and P.S. Defense wins championship. Yeah. Uh, quarterback. Quarterback. That's a Leroy move right there. That was a Leroy move, no doubt about it. So real real quick. Yeah. I do want to ask because we brought it up with the Didi. She yeah. shot it down immediately. Yeah. You shot it down yesterday very quickly in the chat. And Jay, she has sources in the and she is, that and, I don't. And I know. And then Jay yeah. in our group chat personally was like, I think there's something to this. Yeah. Does, do we want to discuss well, any more? I'd like to know Jason's pass? takes since he's in that locker room and we are not. You know, Jason, 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 he's been laying low on it. He was laying low. low. You've consistently said said that Baldy Podesta has nothing to do with the day-to-day plan. Yeah, I think – Nobody knows exactly what Paul Dean does. Yeah. And so I like to, I like speaking in the absolutes when I know and when I don't know I try and couch it. Yeah. And I don't know. But I don't I think that he sets up the organization. I think he sets up the the, the philosophy. But I push back on a couple things. One to think and, and I, I thought I read this or like he was on headsets. He's not on a headset during the game. He's in the suite with Andrew Barry and Jimmy Haslam during the game watching like, the game he's with them yeah. in the in the owner's suite like he's not in the press box or he's not they, they don't you know he's not on a headset or anything like that so if that's out there that's not true and I don't I don't know that it is it was just something yeah. I heard come up I do think that he sort of sets the parameters of the organization's philosophy of what we want to be about that sort of thing is he getting in there and calling plays no I, I, I don't think that he is and in terms of like the explosive plays type thing Guys, I've been, it's common knowledge. I've been, I, there's a stat that I've said all year long, and I haven't looked it up this year, but this was true at the end of last year. Run the ball for nine yards a carry, you're 500. Throw it for 13 yards an attempt, you're like 32 and one or something like that. You have to throw the ball to win. It gives you a much greater chance to win. And and listen, of course, there's like different parameters involved. Like when the weather is awful like that, okay, sure, throw it less, run it more. But in a general theory of how to win in today's NFL, you have to throw the ball. You have to throw the ball. Running successfully guarantees you nothing but a 500 record. You throw the ball well, throw the ball successfully, throw it at a high level, it gives you a much greater chance to win the game. The numbers bear it out. And I guess that's the best way that I can say it. I, I actually, I have a lot of respect for Tony because he's done this a really long time. And I know he's very polarizing. I know there's a lot of people that, that don't like him. But I think he's just – I think he's called out a lot of nonsense. He's seen a lot of bad football here. And he's called the Browns BS on often, and sometimes that rankles fans. I've done the same thing with the Cavs at times, and, and it infuriates the fans. Jason, that's all fair. And many times Tony and many other people have called out the Browns. Um, and, and I take little pot shots at Tony because 
he was obnoxious to me once. Maybe he didn't even realize it when I first started working here, and I, I, so bleep him because of that. Uh, Petty the bull. I'm about to say, yeah, Petty, bull is Petty so bull. petty. <laughs> he don't even, even know. He said he don't even know. I don't even know. But but here's the thing. He is one of these old school writers who doesn't understand analytics. And anytime you read anything he says, the only time, you know, it's clear he doesn't even understand what the word means. Well, I will say that, like, he doesn't I, – I, I think it's obvious from his line of questioning with Kevin, he doesn't yeah. like all the going for it on fourth down. I do think it's fair that he doesn't like all the analytics, and, and that's fine. Like, everyone has their own – like, he's covered this game for but, a really long but time. But this idea that the Browns are the only team invested heavily in analytics no, that's is beyond true. absurdity. <laughs> and the Eagles, who are the best team in football this year – are just as invested as the Browns are. Actually, he's, he did it when in a piece. He does a, a he talked to someone. They did a study on, I think it's a scale of 1 to 10. They say who uses the most analytics. He said the Browns had a probably a 9. Then it's the, the Baltimore Ravens at a maybe a 6. Who's coming up with these numbers? Just some random guys. These, are, these are his sources. I, I'm, I'm an opinion guy. What was the Eagles number? And the Eagles was at a 4. Bull, that's baloney. That's I, complete nonsense. Good catch. That's you caught it right yeah, there. Right. But that's complete <laughs> nonsense. The Eagles are... are, are hey. <laughs> this, show, this show has really been messed up. The Eagles are oh, 100% <laughs> invested as much as the Browns are. You can tell people getting their yeah. true feelings out on this show. Here's what's funny about the deep investor conversation. Okay. He's been here for, I don't know, at least five, six, seven years. He points that out too. They've ignored him <laughs> most of that time. Like, Paul Dibonesta didn't want John Dorsey. He didn't want Hugh Jackson. He didn't want Freddie Kitchens. So he's here, but they've ignored him. And I yeah. wrote a column, Kevin's first year. They're finally listening to him. Like, this is the first time where they're actually sort of following that script for as yeah. long as he's been here. I mean, I've had people tell me who worked in the building that John basically kicked his group out of meetings. Yeah. And said, Paul, you can stay, but they have to go. Like, they're not they're not part of this. Listen, and Jimmy Haslam is a lunatic, and he might do anything. Anything he does is not surprising. I certainly, I'm not, like, arguing in favor of the Browns because I think they're a clown organization. However, this idea that Paul D. Podesta went from having zero power in the organization to ruling the organization with an iron fist I do think that they are listening to him more now than they ever but have. But there's a big difference between listening and ruling with an and iron I, fist. And I think he has more influence now than well, he did with Freddie and Hugh and Dorsey well, and all the, well, the organizations in better shape than and, they were and, with and, those. And, I agree. And Jason, it's the way life works. If you, if you, if I'm a decision maker and I've been making decisions on certain personnel and they have not worked, whether it's a farmer or, or, or the general managers or Dorsey, guess what? I, I'm, you tend to have a pendulum swing. You tend to say, okay, well, if I was left, let me go right and see if this works. And now if you do get deeper deaths, I do think deeper deaths is involved. But the problem with the Browns is you can't totally refute this story because we've all been here when they told them to put Johnny Manziel in on the sidelines. Like, that's crazy. That never happens. And when that happens to you as an organization, you have a 25% chance of anything yeah. that they write. People are going to say, well, we've seen worse. True, G. But however, <laughs> yeah, the facts bear out. Like this idea that the Browns are, are, are this overpassing team is just not factually true. No, they not. may become that they try because they have a good quarterback now. They try to get but there. But they run the ball more than most teams. Now, you want to argue they should run it more than every team? Okay. But they run it more than most. So to say, oh, they got to kiss. <laughs> the ring of, of Paul T. Podesta and throw the ball. Well, that's not happening. But I want a more point on D. Podesta yeah. that's kind of funny and it fits a little bit. When I first started covering the Browns, obviously I did the NBA for 10 years. I still have a lot of relationships and connections to the NBA. And when I first started hanging around the NFL, I had, a, a I think it was two different executives from the NBA called me. And they're like, hey, what's the story with this D. Podesta? He lives in San Diego and works in Cleveland. How do I get that job? Right, so there right. are people around in other leagues going, what's going well, on how there? Do you get he, that lives off? In, he lives in La Jolla, lives in San Diego all week long, flies in for the games, then goes back to San Diego. So, and, and well, let me ask you this that too. Nice. That's crazy. That is nice. <laughs> That's that crazy. Nice. That is very crazy. nice. Let, let, me, let me run this by you, and this, this gives you a reason why people be confused. Okay, who does Andrew Barry directly report to? I don't know. Jimmy. I would assume Jimmy. 
I, I would assume everybody reports to Jimmy. Yeah, but it could be Paul. I don't know. And by the way, does does any other organization, except for it, except for the the Cowboys, have the coach, the GM, and the operations do reporting well, right I to the owner? I don't know if this is true or not, Jason. Yeah, I'd love it's to respond. The but the to owner? answer G's question, the owner, the new owner of the Denver Broncos, just spoke. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, and he announced that the head coach that they hired because they fired uh, what's Hackett. his name Hackett. Hackett. They said the new head coach will fight will res- will report directly to me and not the general manager. Uh, <laughs> and this be- because this oh, is he, how it's he, generally he, done in the NFL. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what he the said. The Browns have tried different approaches right. yes. with oh, the GM and coach both report to owner. The coach reports to the GM. I personally think you're you're starting a toxic power struggle. I agree. Where you have head coach and GM both reporting right. to the owner. I think that's a bad way to go. I agree. But in I, this case. I, I think it's totally ridiculous. So I'm the, with you all. The way but in this case, Barry and Stefanski are of the same. They th- they ilk. look at it the same way, and that's part yeah. of the reason why I'm I keep screaming. You have to stay with this until you know for sure one way or the other, because this is the first time that they all see it the same way. This is the first time that Deepinesta, the GM, and the head coach all look at it the same way, and you don't have this. And if you fire Kevin, you bring in another head coach. There's a chance it could lead oh, to no, this. Oh, no, it's going to jump. Especially if you leave Jimmy in charge to, oh. to go get the head coach. He's going to go get whoever he wants, and, and now you're going to have this again, and, and that doesn't get you anywhere. And I'll say one more thing, that the old-school NFL, of which there are still a lot of people in power in the NFL, hate to think that some nerd right. is <laughs> going to tell them how to draft the football team and – from the moment Paul D. Podesta was involved. And listen, when Paul D. Podesta first got here, I was like everybody else. What's this idiot doing? He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And I have no idea what his role is. But <laughs> there, there is a percentage of the football world and the sources for these old school reporters that they want Paul D. Podesta to be laughed at. And they don't like analytics, which are just statistics. Right. And Everybody uses in every walk of life. Analytics. They're just better statistics. That's true. That, that's true. There are a lot in football. Even we saw it with baseball with the old scouts that pushed back and hated right. it. Exactly. And, and it's now filtered down to football. But I will say, like the whole idea that Paul left baseball and went to football, it's not common. But it, I, I've talked to a lot of different executives, and I've asked them, could you do this in another sport? They all feel like they could because the way that they think and the way that they set up organizations they're not necessarily identifying talent choosing the talent it's the way that you structure everything it's the way that you set up an organization and your mind you know the way to do the healthy culture a lot of these guys in basketball feel like they could go run a football team we've seen it with Sashi Reinsdorf we've seen Reinsdorf absolutely yeah, good one we saw with Sashi I know that's probably a bad example but he went from the Browns to the NBA now he's back in the NFL with the Ravens we've seen these guys jump from sport to sport yeah. so it's not common yeah. But it's not outrageous. Guys, speaking of the NBA, let's switch gears here. We were going to talk about LeBron earlier. We didn't get to it. It's been a wacky and wild show with Maurice and Aditi. But let's get to LeBron here. LeBron spoke after the game. He was back in Miami, Jason. And your buddy, Dave McMenamin, who you know, I know him well, but you know him well, much more than I do. Um, he put out a series of tweets and wrote a, a column about some of LeBron's comments. Uh, LeBron turns 38 tomorrow. We have uh, all three that you sent both, so if you want to read, we'll go yeah, through Yeah, here we three. go. During his post-game news conference in Miami, where he arguably had the best years of his career, blah, 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 LeBron James addressed how much longer he sees himself playing. Here's what LeBron had, some of what LeBron had to say. Quote, I don't have a number. <clears throat> I know as long as my mind stays in it, I can play at this level for a minute. Now that's up to my mind, my body's going to be okay, because if my mind is into it, I will make sure my body is taken care of, and I'll continue to put in the work. I'm a winner, I want to win, and I want to win and give myself a chance to win and still compete for championships. That has always been my passion. It's always been my goal since I entered the league as an 18-year-old kid from Akron. Jason, you have said... There's still more. Oh, sorry, one more. I know it it takes steps to get there, but once you get there, and I know how to get there, playing basketball at this level, just got to be playing basketball, is not in my DNA. It's not in my DNA anymore. We'll see what happens and see how fresh my mind stays over the next couple of years. What do you make of LeBron's comments? What's go, what is he saying here? He said basically what he told me a couple weeks ago when they were here. Because I asked him, I, we've talked about it on the show, the one yeah. question I had for LeBron was, are you still in championship mode? Because yeah. I don't think he is. And I thought signing that contract with L.A. to go back to L.A. and all the commercials he's doing now shows me that he's not in championship mode. 
I do think, and he basically just reiterated that there. He told me, he's like, no, I'm still, I'm still playing at a high level. I'm still yeah. in championship mode. And I said, well, they're not the same. Just because you're playing at a high level doesn't yeah. mean you're in championship mode. He goes, no, to me, it is the same. In terms of how much longer he's going to play, we had a conversation about that when Kobe was wrapping up his career. We were in Philadelphia talking about it. And he said, I will never embarrass this game. This game has been too good to me. It's given me too much. I'm not going to be one of those guys that holds on and embarrasses himself and embarrasses the game. I will leave before that happens. Now, obviously, he's not at that point yet. He's still playing at incredible. He's not even high close level. to that point yet. No, he's still playing at a really high level. Yeah. The Lakers next year, Russ West, Westbrook's contract comes off their books. This year's shot with AD being hurt. There was when they were in town. There was a kind of a feeling that maybe they could ride this and they could get to playoff contention with AD playing out of his mind. He was on a historic tear. Yeah. The Lakers are done. There's a chance next year when when Westbrook's contract <coughs> comes off. They'll have a lot of cap space. Maybe they can figure something out. If he really, if he truly is still in championship mode, he's going to have to leave LA. He's not going to win another title. In LA. Yeah, that's right for that. And 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 then <laughs> we'll see. And then we'll see. I can't I can't imagine he would go to a fourth team. It was funny having that conversation with Aditi about Derek Carr saying he wants to stay with the right. Raiders and and it's only one team for him. LeBron had the exact opposite mindset. We talked about this, and we were in Dallas, and I said, "How many teams is too many?" Is three too many? Because I knew he was leaving then, and I wanted to hear him say it. And he said, when Michael left Chicago, he said, when I saw Michael Jordan in a Wizards uniform, I knew anything is possible. There's no such thing anymore as one guy, one team. Like, that's over. And now he's been to three. I would be surprised if he went to a random fourth team. That's where his son's going to be. Well, and, and he, maybe they're, that's – They're going to Utah. Dwayne Wade is like a – got something but, to do with But it. can his right. – <clears throat> He ain't gonna play in Utah. He'll no. play, he'll, I do believe he'll play wherever Bronny is. Well, 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 can he control where Bronny goes? Yes. yes. Rich Paul <laughs> he yeah, will Rich, tell him we, you'll never get another free agent. Yeah. Rich Paul do not draft him. Rich Paul, he'll rush, Rich Paul will do exactly that. He'll say, if you want to do business with me and my clients, you will no. not take him. And that's fine. That's fine. We go. We go run it up this they, year because we go. They took Bronny. over the league. And basically held the league hostage until Anthony Davis went to L.A. Right. You think they can't control a guy who's probably not even an NBA talent? Where he's going to go? Of course, yeah, certainly yeah. not a top ten pick. And, you, know, and, and, you think I'm gonna jeopardize and my money revenue for a year? And let's be clear, Bronny with the first pick in the draft, the Utah Jazz select <laughs> LeBron James Jr. <laughs> but, but but let's be clear, there's a lot of there's a lot of owners. I would willing to wager three quarters of owners don't want that kind of circus. They don't yeah, want an old look. You think they would take an oh, old yeah. LeBron? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know the them. money? The money. <laughs> I will jeopardize it for one year. The national TV. Yep, sure will. Appearances. He's the biggest star. The, the memorabilia that you sell. Yes. Every, but how is he going to this this gymnastics? I don't know how. It only works to me in one spot. I mean, he's got to come back he, home. He got to come back to Cleveland. If you want to compete for championships, <laughs> so you got to have a stacked roster with stuff that and guys that are On young a veteran enough, veteran minimum deal, or guys that are young <laughs> enough to play defense, because you ain't trying to do that. It has to be a roster enough, and they set it up by putting Mobley's brother on the team, right? They, we will do friends and families. That's what they're saying. Yeah, he's not NBA players. Yeah. <laughs> we will do we friends. We will do friends and family. <laughs> it's like a cell phone play. Yeah, cell phone play. Right. Hey, T-Mobile. Quick, we, uh, we move on to LeBron and we'll get back to LeBron. <laughs> I forgot to mention that when we were talking with Aditi and yeah. about Deep Podesta, that that was brought to us by our good friends at Tri-C. Because, as always, our Browns talk and Cavs talk today as well is sponsored by Kroger Community College. Tri-C supports students financially, professionally, and personally, opening up the doors of endless possibilities. Tri-C in Cuyahoga County is where the future starts. Start now. Classes begin January 17, 2023. That's a paper drop. I think Mike just needs to say Tri-C because he is struggling with Cuyahoga. Yeah. Cuyahoga. He's getting better. He's fine. All right. Was that was it. That was good. Cuyahoga. But one, one more note yeah. on LeBron in yeah. terms of Bronny. The Cavs do have a first-round pick the year that he's eligible. They, See? They, and they, I had someone from the organization – point that out to me oh and by the way oh recently yes and, and guess what can you see can well, you see the montages the dance. kid from akron I'm just and saying. another kid this that has his dad from akron and he the got youth, picked too and he come out with the all-white well, suit his kid ain't from akron Dwayne wade is not let Dwayne wade selected him they no, got, but they didn't live in Akron. He's, Bath. He's from Bath. But yeah, he's, he's from a Bath. Kid from Bath. Bath. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, he, will, he will be from Akron. Let me ask <laughs> they, you. They're gonna wipe that bath. Let me down. ask no this way. question: Is is LeBron James good enough 
to to start a bidding war for his son in the draft. Of no. course. So so I say that to say yeah. I think Utah got like a bunch of picks because does LeBron want to go play in Utah? That's not the point. Black people it, it, do not want to play in Utah. He's going. Russell he, Westbrook. Okay, so the, he ain't playing. Donovan with, Mitchell. If they he, don't want to go. I hear what you're saying, <laughs> but listen. For the Utah Jazz. <laughs> if they Stop this Utah Jazz. I'm just saying. I want him back on the Cavs. I, I get that. No, no, no. I'm with you. I want him back on the Cavs too. I agree. <laughs> but I'm saying Utah got all these picks. If I trade these picks to ensure that I get the number one pick. Yeah, but I, he's not the number one. I'm pick. just Nobody saying. I'm one. just saying. Crazy. I'm just saying. Well, let me say. Look, who's in this and they select. You, they select Bronny. Yeah. LeBron said that he's playing with his son. No matter. I know, what. but they're not going. So he going to Utah? Le, no, he, because LeBron is not going to let that happen. He said his last year will be played with his son. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we're sort of assuming oh. that Brownie's first year will be LeBron's last year, but I don't know. If At that's this point, well, unless, hey, unless LeBron Bronny, goes over. He, the, Bronny better, he better go where his son, because his son might not have another year. Jason, <laughs> if, if LeBron goes, unless LeBron, I don't think any of us expect this to happen, not but Bron- unless he goes quickly over the cliff, he looks like he could play for easy five years at a high level. Listen, he's averaging 28. He, the I, only guy that's ever been anywhere close to as good as him at this age was Kareem. Yeah. And all, even Kareem wasn't all still I'm at this level. Say is I mean, this. It's, it's absurd. I'd skip the Bronny one, and I'd definitely be in the Bryce campaign. Is Bryce better? I think Bryce so. is better. Yeah. Bryce what year is he? He's a couple years younger. I'd skip Bronny. Two years younger than Bronny. I'd go for Bronny. So he's going to be, in theory, in the NBA in five years? They'll probably change the rules. No, they about to change the rules. They about to go back to, uh, you don't need to do one and done. Hey, bro, if he, I'm going to tell you what. If he hold on to play with both his sons. It'd be the coolest thing of all time. There are times when LeBron is still the best player in the NBA. Weird. Weird. Not game in and game out, but like, He's still averaging 20, what, 28? Eight? He ain't, eight the, and let, six? Let he ain't the best in the NBA. It's Tyus, that dude. Let me ask you this. What? On any given night, if you woke up and you saw LeBron put up 62, 21, and 10, would you be like, oh, my God, no. how? I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked I at all. Be shocked. Yeah. Never. At this There's point, nothing at LeBron this point in his state, I would yes. be surprised If by. he's in that category of guys that you wouldn't be shocked at, and Tyvis, maybe you're in the minority. I'm with Jason G and Bull here. Shocked. I would not be shocked. He's still in that upper tier we test un- on a, any given yeah. night. Not on a night-to-night basis right. for a full season. 62-21. We understand Giannis is the best player in the NBA. But, but like LeBron <laughs> who still is, Wait, what was the who? LeBron, he's the best player in the NBA right now. <laughs> yeah. LeBron is still, at worst, what? Top 10 at worst? <laughs> if, if, I think if LeBron was on a team competing for a title, he could give you that if you needed it. If right. that's what you needed, it, yeah. he could give you that. Uh, by the way, one, and I, one my, night? For, my, yeah, for one night only. Yes. For my and entire for life. The rest of the week. <laughs> for my entire life, or at least since they've both been around. So since LeBron has been in the league, every day of my life, not that I'm a basketball authority, but I have always thought Michael Jordan ahead of LeBron, and I have changed my mind today. Today is the day that I have changed my mind. How, I'm putting LeBron how, in the number one slot. What, 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 was the, what, what, I, what day? I, it was just... The fact that he's just so good at this age is that he didn't take a couple of years off like Jordan did. Um, Jordan went to three finals and retired. LeBron went to six straight, eight straight. Yeah. Eight straight. I thought and it was everybody nine. brings up their record in the finals, which is fine. And I, I think the NBA was a tougher league back then physically. But also, like, the part of the reason he never left Chicago is because they had such great talent around him. The whole time he was there. I think the uh, Tyus has got the six. I think the <laughs> Robert Ory's got seven. Is he the best player? Here's the thing about the six and zero oh, mark. Yeah, it's like Michael 
LeBron gets punished for taking teams to the finals that had no business going no to the finals. No business. Right. That Cavs team, None. the 08 Cavs team, had no, no business going to the finals. And they Zero. got swept. The Cavs, so he gets dinged for that. I the Cavs, outside of the year, they lost to the Mavs, which is, that was bad. The, 20, the 2018 <laughs> Cavs had the no heat. business I'm going sorry. to the finals. Well, that was, and that was on LeBron. The, outside on LeBron. of the Heat team that lost to the Mavs, which is a bad job out of him and them, Every other time he's lost in the finals, they were underdogs. So, like, Michael skates because he couldn't beat Detroit earlier in his career. Why does that make or sense? Or Boston. So, if Michael yeah. if Michael beats Detroit earlier in his career to make the finals. And gets and then smoked loses, by the Lakers. Yeah. Somehow, it's better that he never. Right. He, doesn't make you know sense. what I mean? Yeah, like, it's better that he lost to those teams rather than win and get there and lose. Michael and just, Michael just comes off as, a, when you look at his his finals, being 6-0, it just... It lets you know that if he got there, he find a way to win, and that's yeah. and that's what it is. I'll, I'll give him, I'll give he him. gets there, he's going to LeBron, win. I'll, come come hell or hot water, he gonna I win. I think LeBron and is the, the greatest thing. team sport athlete in uh, the history like LeBron, of the planet. Just, LeBron just, is a great. More than Brady? Le, Le, Not even close. LeBron is great, and, and the opinion. thing is. He should have been able to just take over games with the athleticism and the way that he was. He, he could have literally LeBron, just, LeBron, which he tried to do that 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 hey, last time against Golden I'm State. A, I'm and gonna JR just, blew I, that. It, from every statistical category, LeBron is a better player. Oh yeah, for sure. Statistically, he's for better sure. At, and if you look at the eye test, let's just be clear. LeBron is faster. He's bigger. For he jumps sure. Higher, he shoots a better percentage. Yes, he does. Everything. He's a, he's he a got much everything. more willing passer. And, and Jordan is abrasive, to, to say the least. But here's what we'll say. Pound for pound, if you got to play a game and you looked at Michael Jordan and you looked at LeBron James, in their prime, LeBron could, could, give, could guard Michael Jordan. Ain't no point in time <laughs> Michael Jordan can hold LeBron. So is so my defensive player of the year, no, no, Mike. No, that, that's yeah, Mike, Mike won defensive player. Defensive player of the year, Mike. LeBron is Le, the most. You know, wait a minute. You know, Mike was the was the first person to point out that if, I, Mike, if LeBron goes right, he's driving. Hey, Duncan, if great. he goes left, he's going to shoot. I, I ain't never seen. There's and, three and, of the most and, dominant and, people that I've never ever seen. When you look at Shaq and what he did to people. Now, now Shaq right now, it, Shaq better than all of them Shaq, in my personal opinion. Shaq, Shaq. Shaq even the best center of Shaq, all time. Are you crazy? Shaq, Why? Because Kareem had a hook Shaq? And LeBron are the most physically gifted. And Giannis Man, is that, listen, Giannis is listen, that, listen. Shaq would bust Kareem. Kareem, Shaq will bust Kareem. Bill Russell and Akeem Olajuwon all better than Shaq. would bust Kareem. All right, guys, I got I got to update you guys You're on something mind. real quick. You're out of your Can't mind. Make a free throw. Browns legend. <laughs> yeah. Josh Dobbs is starting tonight against the Cowboys on Thursday Night Football. He was picked up off the Lions <laughs> oh, wow. practice squad Over eight Malik days Willis, ago, huh? Why isn't Malik he's Willis? He's a rookie. Why isn't he playing? Because Malik Willis has not thrown for 100 yards in four starts this season. But he's a rookie. Why and would you not first, play him? And he's a first-round pick, right? No, no heck no. Heck no. But still, I mean, it's a chance to see him. That's stupid. Why would you play? I think they dumb. sold the stock and Josh Jobs, Browns preseason legend. Woo! Do you remember a few weeks ago? And I actually oh, all the Cleveland gonna be tuned. We were cutting in. up old shows for end of year stuff. I was going through a clip this morning of Brad standing on the table, pounding his fist for Josh Jobs over Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, there was a moment I said Dobbs should start him. No. You did. We're you gonna said see that. Tonight. We're gonna see tonight if you were right. Did you say that? I was. I was very. That was a stupid comment. We all. <laughs> It was a stupid comment. I said, it, I said it once and quickly got off it, but it was a stupid comment. But the stupidest comment I've ever made, ever, and I bring it up again because I'm not afraid to call myself out, was about a year and a half ago when the Cavs were playing well with this young team, even before Donovan Mitchell, and I said I wouldn't want LeBron back on the Cavs. It's the dumbest comment I've ever made in 20-plus years of radio. And what's even dumber is that the majority of fans agreed with me. And what's even dumber is that there's at least a quarter, if not half our fan Listen. base, that would not want LeBron Tyus, back. Tyus, we got less than a minute, so less I got to preview go tomorrow. Ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. We got preview tomorrow. Dequell, headlines, New Year's resolutions. I want you, so you guys to see what Anthony made during the show. This is kind of how the whole show went today in a great way. But this is what Anthony was doing while we were working. Someone I like twisted. that I'm skinny there. Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> All right. Uh, overtime. Down. I got to go for overtime. It's going to be Jason, Tyvis, and G on overtime next. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. I got to go. Listen.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.